Welcome to the Expose Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Molly. And we're just a couple of goofy gals here to tell you about topics and get down to the real nitty gritty of it all. We are here to help you navigate through the confusing ins and outs of hot topics and get down to the truth. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned and listen to our next topic. Thanks for listening to the Expose. Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch it. Time warp again. We had different songs in mind, evidently. (laughs) But I do like that one a lot, though. We're going to go see Rocky after this mm-hmm. for the first time in theaters for the first time since 2019. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I was just thinking about it today that this will be our fourth viewing of mm-hmm. this. Um, third in theaters. Yes. But remember, okay, you're going to think this is so dumb and cheesy, but I'm like, Jesse, this is like our first date kind of like our first <laughs> friend date. Yes, it is because I remember you put on Snapchat are you okay? So maybe I didn't really know all the details about Snapchat at this time. Okay, I'm not real good at social media. Okay, but you like sent a snap and something about like do like Rocky Horror or something, uh-huh. and I just assumed that it was like not meant for me. Okay. <laughs> Even though I snapped it to you. Well, I don't. I thought maybe everybody sees all your snaps. I don't know. Okay, this was four years ago. Give okay. me a break. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, I was like, I didn't respond right away because I was like, I don't know if this is for me or not. But then we went and here we are now. I know. It's like our friend anniversary <laughs> yes, a little bit. It is. It is. So, yeah. And I think one day, one year, we're going to have to commit to like actually dressing like a character. Yes. We always kind of half do it. Yes. Or like I would call this like a eighth doing it. <laughs> The first year, though, we kind of mm. went a little hard. We did. I we did tried. some, like, fuzzy hair. Yeah, yeah. And we did our makeup a little more eccentric. I still remember you coming to <laughs> my apartment. And you had, like, white. Like, your whole face was just white as a ghost. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was funny. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, we should really commit and actually, like, do a whole thing. Yes. One of these years we will. Today we we have top hats on. Uh-huh. They're Halloween ones. They're not glitter ones. Yeah. But still. And fun makeup. Yeah, fun makeup. Yeah. And we're, not, we're drinking as we well. We are. Because this is Sips and Spooks. Mm-hmm. This is going to be an annual thing. We totally. did it last year and we're doing it again this year. It's way fun. How can you not? Mm-hmm. But also I think that we should commit to going to a big rocky horror show yeah like in a city yes yes that would be fun yes that would be a good time okay then that's when we should dress up like because city folk probably they'd look at us and be like yeah bumpkins are they even fans yeah do they they don't even go here they don't even like rocky (laughs) what are you drinking tonight rachel i've got a smirnoff seltzer red white and berry zero Mm -hmm. sugar i bought these back over fourth of july and i had never drank them so now i am this is as good a time as any (laughs) it's so patriotic in the middle yeah i have barefoot friscato we're calling it boo berry i can smell it from yeah um i hesitate to call it a wine because it's very fruity but it's in a wine bottle, so I'm going to call it wine. It looks like a church wine. Does it taste like a church wine? It's stronger than a church wine, mm-hmm. but only slightly so. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but yes. So, yeah, sips and spooks. We sip and we share scary stories. Spooky stories. Do you have any personal scary stories that have happened since last year? I tried to think of any that I had. Honestly, I tried to think too, and I really can't think of anything. Mm-hmm. I listened to, like, some podcasts that has some scary stuff on it, but yeah. really, like, I mean, I can recommend podcasts because I hate to, like, retell the stories when you can just listen to <laughs> right, it for real. Right, So I would say Radio Rental, mm. Rain Wilson from The Office yeah. hosts it as his, like, alter ego character. And it's really entertaining. And it tells, like, the person that has the scary story, it's their first, like, personal encounter. Like, it happened to them and they tell the story. Oh, so it's like he actually has the guest on to tell the story. That's kind of cool. Because, okay, so Will listens to these YouTube videos where Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like a robot voice, like, like text Mm. to speech 
voice. Reddit? Yeah. Threads? Reddit. I love threads. those. Do you listen to them too? Yes. Are they animated sometimes? Uh, I don't know. Okay. So, sometimes, sometimes they pop up on my TikTok and I'm like. Okay. Ha- well, we'll listen to those and I feel like it would be a lot better hearing the actual person because a lot of the times the stories start out like this in a very deep man's voice. So this happened when I was a 15 year old girl. <laughs> And then they'll be like, they'll be like, I'm used to the male gaze. I feel like I'm a pretty attractive woman, but this man was different. Very fitting. Yes. I like that. So yeah, that would be a plus. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I haven't really had any scary things happen to me. Um, I think I repel ghosts. I just don't really have many personal ghost stories. My eyelashes feeling like it's pulling. Do they look like they're on right? Dude, they look so natural, actually. Really? I'm they're not called sassy. Lie. They're moxie lash yeah, sassy. I've got the sassy Do ones you? too. These ones, I can't even remember what they're called, but they're like the they have mm-hmm. blue tips on them. And oh. they're also moxie. Mm-hmm. And um they were like a freebie. Oh, I right. bought like two lashes, I think, and they sent these Halloween esque yeah. ones. And I'm like, when else am I gonna wear these? I gotta right. wear them for like I don't Halloween. have any crazy ones. Um and these were the first ones I saw, so I put them on. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, the closest thing I have had to like a paranormal or scary experience was we were in an antique store and there was a Ouija board, like an old one that was probably from like the 50s or 60s. And I kind of wanted to buy it, but Will was like, no. That might have some bad juju. Yeah. That would but maybe I'll still go back and get it. I know exactly where it was. I don't know why. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. Probably nothing. Look at it. I guess. Put your crystals by it. Ooh, we could cleanse it. Maybe we could cleanse the juju out of it and then use it. That little juju would come in the form of like an eight-year-old boy and would haunt a crystal. (laughs) Ooh. I mean, I know bad things happen when you play with Ouija boards, but for some reason... My whole being just wants to, like, push that envelope with Ouija boards. Life's too short. Fucking <laughs> go for it. <laughs> but anyway. Um, no, I don't think anything spooky has happened to me. Like, sometimes when I'm, like, outside by myself, mm-hmm. like, I'll take the dog out and um, it'll be dark and I'll right. kind of get a little leery like someone's watching me. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just me being paranoid. Yeah. I kind of have this feeling... So we have, like, Google light bulbs in these light bulbs. Mm -hmm. So before I go upstairs, I'll say, hey. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it because I don't want to do it right now. Um, And then I'll, like, turn off the basement lamps. Mm -hmm. And they'll turn off. And then I'm, like, not all the way up the stairs yet. And just having, like, that black room behind Mm me, I'm like, oh, run up the stairs real fast because I don't want to, like, I don't know. It's kind of like having, like, the abyss of the ocean under you or something. It's like having that, like, black room beneath me on the stairs. I just don't like it, so I run up the stairs real fast. I I do the same, even at home, too. It's just too creepy. And every time I, like, do start walking up the stairs with the dark behind me, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, there's no reason to be scared. There's literally nothing there. Right. I was just down there and there's nothing there. Yeah. But yet. How silly. I don't know. I feel like that's some type of innate sense we have. Maybe it's protecting us, you know? Mm-hmm. Just kind of like don't linger mm-hmm. in places that you can't you truly know. Yeah. yeah you exactly. can't see what's behind you. don't know you, what's so. down there. Generally speaking, in the past we have read some scary stories. So mm-hmm. I think we're planning on doing that again. I don't know how much I you guys have followed along in our podcast, but my husband is an author. Um, and he recently wrote a story that is kind of a monster story. Um, so he said we could read it. I was going to have him read it, but he was like, no, I don't want that pressure. So <sighs> here I am reading it for him. Come on. <laughs> so this story, I would say, is more of like a, like it ha- it's like a tension, like tense story, I'm more than like a jump so scare story. I'm so, so ready. It's called The Color Breathing Monster. Um, just a little background on this. So Will got this idea from watching a video where it's like Olympic athletes were doing an exercise to de-stress and calm themselves where they would um, kind of like breathe in and envision like a color that was soothing to them. Okay. So that's where the color breathing part comes from.
Lying in bed, Jack visualizes his stress as a writhing black rope. The rope twists around and squeezes his veins and lungs and mind until his gaunt, sleep-deprived body tenses and compacts like a crumpled piece of paper. With nature sounds floating out of his white noise machine, Jack breathes and contemplates blue. What is blue? Blue is the color of calm, of forgiveness. Wavelengths of this forgiveness scatter behind Jack's weighted eyelids, and he finally inhales some peace. Jack, imagining himself as a deflating balloon, exhales a chunk of black rope, unknotting his left foot. His crooked toes straighten into gentle waves. He repeats this process, and his right foot becomes the same. In with the blue, out with the black rope. In with the blue, out with the black rope. Jack's legs become gushing waterfalls. His chest becomes a crystal lake, his arms become rivers, his head becomes an endless ocean. Melting into his sheets, relaxing, feeling leaving his skin, Jack forgets her scarred face hunched over the steering wheel, forgets the blood clumping on her soft cheeks like tree bark. He forgets her snapped limbs. He forgets the smell of copper mixed with stale beer and burning rubber. He forgets the dented steel littering the overgrown ditch. He forgets his lies, forgets telling the authorities we only had a couple. He chooses solely to remember the good times, and he starts believing the preacher's mantra, she's in a better place. She appears before him in a blue dress with a body made of ice. She kisses his neck and whispers into his ear to always love her, but he can't make any guarantees. He's set sail, he's drifting, he's drifting, kerplunk. Jack's eyes spring open like mouse traps but his body stays numb, paralyzed. He glances around his dark bedroom, the hallway lamp the only light sneaking under his door. His pupils adjust and he notices a pile of moist black squiggles sliding off his bed. The squiggles pulsate up and down, emitting a grinding noise like someone gargling gravel. Then they scurry across the carpet like animate pieces of black licorice, colliding into each other and fusing until just a long black rope remains. The black rope coils into a large clump. Tendrils sprout from its sides and bottom like nerves and form makeshift arms and legs. A head pops out of the top of the clump, sounding like a boot being yanked from the mud. Bracing itself with a twitching arm, the creature stumbles around the room, bumping into furniture and raising the stumps where its hands should be. Jack starts hyperventilating. He orders his body to move, but it disobeys. The creature cocks its head like it hears something, then turns and stares at Jack. A thick, translucent tube protrudes from the creature's face and creeps towards the calming, forgiving blueness. The tube stabs into the gentle waves of Jack's toes. The creature slurps and slurps, and Jack's back at the bar, waving down a bartender as she reapplies her lipstick. Finishing off Jack's toes, the tube attaches to the gushing waterfalls of Jack's legs. The creature slurps again, returning Jack to the bar, where he's drawing a two-story house, a fence, a dog, and two kids on a cocktail napkin, and she's smiling like she believes his promises. Continuing his assault on the blue, the tube dives into the crystal lake of Jack's chest. Outside the bar, she and Jack pass a cigarette back and forth. His button-down is untucked. She leans close and tucks in the shirt tails. He thanks her and asks what she's thinking about. She responds with the future. The tube cuts into the rivers of Jack's arms, Jack hops into her idling car. She backs up, and they pull onto the highway. A love song blares on the radio, and she begins to sing along. Dreading what comes next, Jack turns down the incriminating lyrics. Jack, now just a speck of blue, looks at the creature with desperate, pleading eyes. The creature ignores its meal's request and pokes its tube through the mouth of the endless ocean of Jack's skull. Shifting in his seat, he knows she's waiting for him to say something. He ponders the best way to express what he's feeling, then just blurts it out. She demands to know what, the, what that was back at the bar, if this whole night was just a big game to him. He swears he simply got caught up in the moment. She whimpers, she cries, she sobs. Jack, trying to undo what he'd done, touches her shoulder, but she swats his hand away, letting go of the steering wheel. Then black. The creature retracts its tube. Hunched and still hungry, it gazes down at the wet sheets in front of it before staggering away in search of more of the world's blue to devour. Oh my god! <laughs> Will! That was really good! Yeah. 
Oh my god! I don't know. The way I interpret it is like Sleep his anxiety. Paralysis. Yeah, and like his anxieties, like yeah, and guilt. I guess formed mm-hmm. a physical and ate away at him. Yeah. Have you ever experienced a sleep paralysis? Um, I don't think I have experienced like severe. Like I know there's been times when you know you're conscious and you're like can't move but I've I've had like I don't want to say reoccurring dreams but more than more than a handful of times in my dreams where I've been trying to run Mm -hmm. and like my legs are moving but I just can't like get my foot to take a hold of the ground or something Mm -hmm. and I just can't move so I get stuck and I'm like running and can't move so I don't know if that's I mean that's not the same thing but have you had sleep paralysis okay I feel like I have had an experience just once with sleep paralysis. I remember I was having a very, very bad dream. Mm-hmm. And I then found myself awake. I couldn't open my eyes, so I, but I was awake. And I remember, like, Jesse had rolled over and he was, like, partially on top of me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was suffocating. Like, I could oh, not catch my breath. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't breathe. And I couldn't even move my arms to, like tell him to get off of me like I couldn't speak or anything yeah but I could like move a finger and I was like <laughs> tapping him and like in my head I'm screaming like move get off right. of me I can't breathe but you and can't like get it out no it was That's so spooky. scary and like finally like he's I don't know he rolled over yeah. and like got off of me and then I was able to move again but it was like That's freaky yeah that was freaky I, I guess I haven't had like a actual sleep paralysis but i was one time in a somewhat similar situation so back in our younger days like when your friends don't necessarily have like a guest room that you Mm -hmm. can go stay in Mm -hmm. and you sleep like on an air mattress they had like a a twin bed air mattress which wasn't that big of a deal because will and i used to share a twin bed like way back when Mm -hmm. so whatever but it was like kind of a thick one so mm-hmm. it's kind of nice until cuz we had it shoved up against the wall until i woke up in the middle of the night and like had rolled towards the wall but like the mattress kind of scooted out from the wall so i was like stuck between the wall mm-hmm. and the air mattress and i yeah had like a panic attack cuz i thought i was like stuck and suffocating like down yeah. in the crevice oh my gosh so that was kind of paralysis but i yeah. think it was because i was like literally stuck in a crevice but <laughs> Oh my gosh. Also, in my dreams, like you're talking about running, I've had reoccurring dreams where I can't hit people. Like, I go to like like, punch someone and I can't. Like self defense type of thing. Mm. And I go to punch someone and it's like soft. Like, and it's like doing nothing. So frustrating. Like the running thing, too. It's like you're trying to get away from something and you're like, why can't I go? Yes. Yes. Do you have any other, like, have you ever had a recurring dream? I can't really think of one off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've had dreams that feel familiar, Mm -hmm. but I can't. I used to have one when I was a kid that was weird. It was okay. So I was in a forest, Mm -hmm. like at night. And. It was fine until all of a sudden, like, the trees started moving. Mm -hmm. And eventually they, like, essentially became alive and started chasing me. So I was running. And I would run, like, across a field, like, a moonlit field at night. And there was, like, a cabin. So I would get to the cabin. And it depended. I would wake up at different times. So, like, sometimes before I get to the cabin. Sometimes after I got to the cabin. And then I would always look out, like, the one window of the cabin. And for some reason... The moon was out, but it was a square moon. No idea what that means. Whoa. And that's a dream I had, like, multiple times. Like, I don't know, I would say before junior high. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Have you ever done, like, a dream analysis? Well, kind just, of. like, Googled, like, yeah. what does dreaming about a square moon mean? I also had another recurring dream that I did do a dream analysis on, and I was, like, flying over a, I love a, block. a dream. Yeah, it was kind of soothing. So there was like a block, like a city block of houses, uh-huh. like three houses, okay? And I was okay. flying over them. And for some reason, I knew that these were like places I had lived. Okay. But, <laughs> sips, guys. <laughs> but like they were filled with gravel up to, like they were all two-story houses and like they were filled up to like the second story and all the land around them was filled with gravel. So I was flying over them and kind of like looking in them yeah. and there was this very haunting melody, like very beautiful kind of haunting melody going on. Um, and just, I don't remember all the details, but I do know like looking up 
like the details that I can remember at the time. Basically, the interpretation was like it was like a past, present, and future. So like looking like the first house would be like looking back and like moving from the past and like the second house was like representing like my present situation and then like hopes for the future or something like that which made sense with the details I could remember so interesting yeah I Um. guess you could say okay so the the wedding (laughs) is a month away right (laughs) so it's a lot of those type of reoccurring yes it's recently it's like I'm not getting ready on time Mm -hmm. like I have zero minutes to do my hair and makeup like right and then I have to I remember those dreams yeah it's or I know I remembered like either I forgot to invite people or nobody showed up or like I forgot to call the catering company you know like those types of things right now I'm gonna have those now my my biggest (laughs) one is like I I'm not ready Mm-hmm. And everyone's there waiting. Yeah. And you're I'm like, I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> Maybe I feel like that's because, like, I find myself, like, I think I'm very punctual. So the fear of not being on time to my own day mm-hmm. is terrifying to me. Like, if I'm not 30 minutes early, I'm late. Like, that's how I've always been. Hmm. Yeah. Must be nice. I'm not a late person. I wouldn't say that I'm late, <laughs> but I'm nice. definitely, like, on time. Like, I don't like to be early and waiting mm-hmm. i'm on time but oh, i'm not late i love to be early and waiting <laughs> i love to sit in my car and just look at social media chill out and then <laughs> and then i'll come in like 10 to 5 to 10 minutes early okay and then i'm there i love to be early i like to walk in on time i remember very vividly in preschool my mom taking us to t-ball and we were supposed to be there at like whatever 5 p.m mm-hmm. and it was five on the dot and like we're not here on time and I refuse to get out of the van because I'm like we weren't here on time I'm not playing Mm because I wasn't here you made me late (laughs) yeah time is such a sensitive subject to me yeah okay would you like me to read my story I would love to hear your story okay this is a reddit story from someone named Pippinocchius Pippinocchius Pippinacious? Pippinacious? Okay. Okay. Lord of the Rings reference, I presume. Um. Pippin. Oh, yeah. I want to watch Lord of the Rings. I was just going to say, I need somebody to watch Lord of the Rings with. My brother will do it with me if I, like, bug him long enough. Yeah. We like to, like, spread it out. Yeah. Not all at the same time. Well, like, even one movie. Mm. Split it up in two days. That's Really make it work Well, when we had DVDs, like, disc one and disc two or something. Yeah. I like that. Oh, The Witcher's coming out soon. Mm. Henry Cavill. Oh, I caveat again. Okay. So you know the term, like I saw this post meme, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, the term like cleans up nice. Uh-huh. Somebody was like, I want to propose the term grimes up good. Oh. And they're like Henry Cavill was a perfect example of grimes up good. Totally grimes up. <laughs> like good. he's you know he's fancy and stuff in his suit and stuff, but put him in like. We'll rub a little dirt on there. Mm. Some, like, rustled hair, whatever. Mm. God damn. Just got done fighting a monster. You know. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Proceed. So this is called The Limping Woman. And I will let you know that I had only read this partially the way through. So whatever happens in this story will be a surprise to we you, will me, be and on the this, listener. Yeah, we'll be on this journey together. Okay. I have a really bad problem of reading things a little sarcastically and a little... You read it however... And I've been drinking. This is the third one. That's the point. That's the point. It kind of depicting the point. I mean, it's also the point of sips and spooks. Dude, also I haven't ate a whole lot today. (laughs) (laughs) I had a McRib. (laughs) (laughs) I had a McRib at like 5 p.m. Who voluntarily gets a McRib? like prison food <laughs> dude it looks so good my mom the other day was like she didn't realize that a mcrib wasn't actually like a like ribs no it's certainly not and we were like no it's like pressed meatloaf into like the rib shape yeah as i was but eating they're it, back <laughs> they're back as i was eating it jesse's like how is that pork and chicken and beef all mashed into one like it's pretty damn good actually but i was starving it was i mean 
I'm not going to knock the McRib. No, I mean, sometimes, you know, <laughs> on this diet, like, Prison it's, <laughs> it's not, you know, like, when we have a cheat day, sometimes it's like, yeah, I want to go big, you know, go to a nice restaurant or whatever. But sometimes I'm like, what I really just want is a freaking cheeseburger from McDonald's and some fries. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a McRib girl, but maybe I should try it. Dude, I don't know. I'm not, I don't even think I've ever had a McRib in my life. But when we pulled up, there was a car in front of us. So I'm looking at like the other yeah, menu. Yeah, there's specials. I'm like, oh, look, the McRib is back. And Desi's like, you like the McRib? I'm like, I don't think I've ever really had a McRib before. Uh-huh. And I got that damn McRib. Did you enjoy it? I mean, I was so hungry that I just scarfed it and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I really like McDonald pickles. Like, their pickles are so unique to me. There's something about a McDonald's pickle. I will admit that for probably the past mm, 25 years of my life, I have ordered cheeseburgers and not said no pickles and picked the pickles off of every (laughs) cheeseburger. Why did you do such a thing? I like pickles, though. I don't not like pickles. I just don't like pickles. But when I forget to, I'll still eat the pickles. I don't know. I just take them off. Will eats them. It's a deal we have, I guess. But but you like pickles. I do like pickles. Like, I'll eat one of those, you know, pickle, big dills, whatever. But for some reason, I just don't really want them on my sandwich. Really? Yeah. There's something about sauce oozing into a bread that's not okay with me. Mm. Especially a ketchup. But... Dude, when I was a kid, I would give up ketchup for Lent. Like, that's how much I use. But I don't really eat it anymore. I hate, I could never. Sauces, I like sauces. Sauces are good. Here's a horror story for you. Mm. Um, When I was a child, my Aunt Carla made us um, some sort of dinner. Like, she was watching us, whatever. And um, she made us french fries. And she's like, I have this new ketchup. And it was the green kind. (laughs) Do you remember when ketchup went yeah. into fun colors to make it Purple fun for kids? And... Mm-hmm. It was green ketchup. And she's like, you'll love it. You'll love it. And she made me eat the green ketchup. And I wanted to die on the spot because of Did my Did it taste Carla. like... I never had the color. And literally, I've never had ketchup before in my life. And she made me eat the green ketchup. And I'm like, this oh. is terrible. I'm never going to eat any color ketchup I, again. I would... I don't do this anymore. But a child version of me would like dip the fry in the ketchup. And I'm like lick the ketchup off and then re-dip the fry in the ketchup Graham and does eat it. That. Graham, will, <laughs> Graham will take a thing of barbecue sauce I or moved literally on the barbecue whatever. sauce. I genuinely like barbecue sauce better now, but he picks it up and drinks it. <laughs> Ooh, he does it with ranch. He'll do it with ketchup. <laughs> He's a sauce kid. Will, will says that every food is just a sauce delivery method. Wow, what wise words. God. <laughs> All food is just a sauce delivery method. What a poet. Mm. My God. <laughs> it's prison food. <laughs> Let's have that story. Okay. <clears throat> this is called The Limping Woman. You hear the uneven footsteps first. Drag, click, drag, click. That's how you know she's behind you. The heel is broken off her left shoe, and she drags it across the ground with every step. A sharp contrast to the steady click of her still intact pump. Help me, she whispers. It's an urgent, anguished plea. Please, I'm hurt. Help me. Don't turn around. That's when she gets you. Don't run. She still gets you. But this time, she's going to make it hurt. At least, that's the rumor anyway. Every small town has one of these. A local urban legend that everyone knows and swears it to be true that their sister's best friend's cousin's neighbor's grandson knew a fella who actually encountered it. Mm -hmm. Ours was the limping woman, so named for her aforementioned distinct gait. It was said that she was a teacher at an elementary school some decades before, young, beautiful, and the victim of a terrible murder. She had been walking home to the house that she shared with her parents one night after school when she realized that she was being followed. She sped up, and so did her pursuer, until both were running down this dark country lane with only open farmland on either side. Why would you run into the country? Dude. Idiot. Her heel broke and her ankle snapped, and she fell, and her pursuer came and murdered her. 
It was slow, torturous affair that left her beaten and covered in stab wounds. And when her killer was done, he just left her to bleed out beside the road. Mm. She wasn't found until the next morning, and by then, all anyone could do was search for the person responsible. While some believe this man was caught and dealt with not long after, others think that he or she, still at large, and the limping woman as the victim came to be known, won't rest until her killer is caught. I was also skeptical at best of the story. I'd passed the spot where she was supposed to appear a hundred times without incident, as everyone else I knew did before me. If a murderous ghost lived here, I was pretty sure I'd have seen her. I said, as <laughs> so sorry, <laughs> that's that seltzer. It is. <clears throat> I said as much to my friend Steffi when she brought up that a friend of a friend of a friend had met the limping woman during lunch at school one day. Cash, mm. right? Yes, That's when you meet ghosts. Limps into the cafeteria. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Here's a McRib. Did you guys, we had like McRib on bun. Like that was the school lunch. Yes, and I loved it. <laughs> so you have had a rib McRib. Ribeye Tuesdays? Stop. Loved it. I don't think I ever ate a school McRib. I don't know how I wasn't, like, super skinny in high school. Honestly, we had salad bar at school, and I would never touch that shit. Are you kidding me? I just didn't eat, like, you intermittent eat fasting. So no. What? It was gross. Except when we had pizza. I would eat the pizza rectangles. What about crispitos? I don't know. I think I didn't like the fact that the meat was ground. I didn't trust ground meat from the school, okay? Mm, because fair. they had large clumps. Like, yeah. my mom would break up the meat very evenly, and so I knew it was cooked thoroughly. Yeah. I was a very picky eater. Yeah. I'm not now. I eat pretty much any freaking thing, but <laughs> when I was a kid, I was picky. So I would be like, well, there's some clumps bigger than other clumps, so the big clumps may not be cooked all the way through. That was my logic as, like, a 14-year-old, so... Yes, that was strange. I, that's um that gives me anxiety thinking about it today. Like, what the hell was I thinking as a? I mean, you survived. You probably were stronger for it. You know, what doesn't what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's copyright, Molly. We can't sing it. Mm. Kelly Clarkson will come after us because <laughs> she knows us Jeez. all too well. We're very popular. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to the story. Sorry, it's true. She was out on the old highway a couple nights ago, and I saw her, Steffi insisted stubbornly over our sandwiches, <laughs> over our ribeyes, <laughs> or McRibs. McRibs. <laughs> if she actually saw her, wouldn't she be dead, I asked. I thought you weren't supposed to turn around. Hurt her, whatever, you know what I mean, Rena. Sure, I rolled my eyes. I was always frustrated with Steffi that I didn't share her willingness to believe the unbelievable. So how'd she get away? She said the words, duh. It's oh, words. right. The woman's last words. Last words we all somehow know without ever having caught the one person who would have heard them. We know them because the real killer was never caught. He told people who told other people. And we all just magically knew to use them to ward off being killed. I finished for her. Steffi frowned. She loved all things spooky and supernatural and had spent a lot of time researching our local legends and listening to the Exposé podcast. And using microfiche (laughs) at the library to look at old. (laughs) I wish I want to do that someday, but I don't feel like they have that anymore. I don't think they don't. Researching our local legends, especially the limping woman. It's not magic. It just reminds her of her own mother, and she gets distracted by her grief and leaves you alone. Okay, okay, I said, hoping that that would be enough to put an end to the topic. It was an argument. Neither one of us would win, and I didn't feel like getting into it again over whether or not a ghost was real. At 15, it was starting to feel silly, obviously. I was a 15-year-old female when this happened. (laughs) Sorry. Steffi, however, wasn't going to let me off so easily. They say she reminds re- remains because they got the wrong guy and she's angry about it. Like everyone knew, but no one cared because they wanted to blame someone. Don't you feel at least a little bad for her? She's waiting for justice after all this time. Steffi. She only goes after people who don't believe in her, you know. 
I didn't like the way Steffi said that. Like she had an idea forming that I wouldn't approve of and I shook my head. Whatever it is. No. We couldn't go there, out to the spots she haunts. No, don't be dumb, I said. You don't believe anyway, so what's the big deal? I've walked past there a lot, okay? Nothing's ever happened to me. Have you ever gone after dark? <gasps> Steffi smiled. Mm. No, but so what? That's when she's active. Going in the day doesn't count. Well, that's dumb, I said. Well, let's go tonight. Mm. Every argument I had was met with questions of whether I was too afraid and Steffi mocking me for being chicken. She kept it up for the rest of lunch, through our shared science class, and then passed me notes in the halls between classes. By that time, the final bell rang and she had worn me down. But not because I believed that she's there, I made sure that she knew. I'm just going to shut you up. The sun set and just after five that evening. At seven, we met up on our bikes in front of the neighborhood. Her parents thought she was going to a project at my house, and mine thought that I was going to hers, and that we had two hours to ride out to the farm where the limping woman was set to haunt and get back before they started trading phone calls. We pedaled hard and fast, leaving behind the glow of the windows and streetlights, until darkness swallowed us up with only moonlight to guide us. We wove our way across town and passed out to the outskirts of town, where the insects were louder and the stars were brighter, and the safety that came from the feeling like you were surrounded by other people who fell away. It was hard not to feel entirely exposed out on an old road, where the flat fields rolled off into the distance and onto either side. There was an occasional barn or farmhouse set a ways off, down long dusty drives, but otherwise it was really just our bikes and the night. Up ahead, Steffi said from behind me, see that cross? That's the marker for her. We skid to a stop a few markers out from it and exchanged a glance, almost lost in the shadows. Scared, she asked. No, I said. It was an honest answer enough. I was nervous, sure, but who wouldn't be when you're outside after dark? Remember, if you turn around, she gets you. If you try to run, it makes it worse. Just stand still when she gets close. Steffi spoke so seriously, and I had to stifle it with a giggle. It was ridiculous. I kept trying to tell that to my the butterfly stirring in my stomach, but it didn't do much good. We climbed off our bikes and set them up on their kickstands. Steffi groped about, for my hand was intertwined with her fingers with mine, and she was shaking. Ready? Let's get this over with, I replied. We walked up to the cross and placed and paused. Steffi squeezed her hand and took in a slow, shuddering breath. Her fear was starting to have an effect on me, quickening my heartbeat. But I squared my shoulders and clenched my jaw and took a step forward. We crept along the roadside, careful to keep our eyes pointed straight ahead. Steffi kept reminding me in the trembling whisper that looking anywhere else would lead to trouble. A minute or two passed. It couldn't have been longer despite feeling it, and nothing seemed to happen. My fear began to ebb. It almost turned to Steffi and said, I told you so. And then I realized how quiet it was. All the insects that had been singing loudly when we arrived had gone silent. There were no distant calls from the night birds. No breeze passing over us. There was nothing. Just the sound of our own breathing. To my surprise, Steffi sighed, disappointed. I wonder if she realized how quiet it had gotten. How could she not feel how claustrophobic it had become out on that open road? How closed off we were in the dark and in the silence? I wanted to ask her, but the question was like a knot in my throat that I couldn't untangle. Behind us, grass rustled, followed by a crunch of loose gravel underfoot. Oh. Like someone was pulling themselves slowly out of the field and into the road. Drag. Click. Drag. Click. Every hair on my body stood up at once. Rena, I hadn't realized that my grip on Steffi's hand had tightened so much. I could feel my eyes on her, but couldn't bring myself to look at her. From somewhere over my shoulder, a woman started to sob softly. Help me, she cried. Rena, Steffi said again. She's coming, I managed to whisper. <laughs> Instead of being scared, Steffi snorted. Real funny, I get it, okay? The limping woman is just made up, I'm convinced now. You don't have to rub it in. Drag, click, 
drag, click. The unmistakable sound of someone inching toward us, slowly, painfully crying out with each step. Please, she begged. I'm hurt and he's still out here. Steffi, I hissed, hearing the burning in my eyes. She's coming. There must have been something in my voice, a tightness, and one true terror could cause that convinced my friend that I wasn't just pretending. She grabbed my forearm and with her other hand she clenched until the nails were digging into my skin. She only goes after people who don't believe, Steffi said. That must be why. What do I do? I begged. My <laughs> mind went white and blank. My entire body was screaming to run, to get away from that thing that was getting closer and closer. But Steffi's firm grip and my own mounting dread held me in place. Please, the limping woman stopped. Turn around. Help me. The words, Steffi said hurriedly. You have to say the words when she's right behind you. What words? I wanted to scream at her, but I couldn't speak or think. I could only hear her. Drag, click, drag, clip. The legend said that you could hear her uneven footsteps and be forced to listen to her pleas, but no one ever mentioned the smell. The stench of rot and dearth and blood oozed through the air, slowly surrounding me and wrapping itself around me like tentacles, smothering me. I gagged and pressed my free hand over my mouth and shook my head violently, trying to clear it, trying to make sense of all the things. Steffi was jerking my arm and saying something to me over and over over again, but I couldn't barely hear her over the limping woman's cries. The smell was getting so strong and my stomach was pinched and heave until I thought I'd be sick. I leaned heavily on Steffi and she pulled me in close and her lips were beside my ear. Through the veil of panic and nausea, I heard her scream, say the words! Drag, (laughs) click, drag, click. The Limping woman was getting close behind us now, and I could feel the chill radiating off of her. The words, I thought? I had to say the words? It just reminds her of her own mother, and she gets distracted by her own grief and leaves you alone. I heard Steffi's voice from a previous day echo in my head. Her mother. The words remind her of her mother. The limping woman's last words. Please, bile rose in the back of my throat. My mother's waiting for me. The footsteps stopped, and were replaced by a high-pitched, heart-wrenching keen. From somewhere off in the night, a dog started to howl. Insects began to sing again, and the wind whistled across the field. Sounds of normalcy, of life. The limping woman continued to screech. While I found my legs again, and Steffi in tow, tore back to the bikes. I never once looked up from the ground, and the only thing I saw as we darted off was a pair of feet and torn stockings and pumps the heel of one of which was missing. We didn't stop riding until we made it back to my lawn, and when we got there, I raced to the bushes on the side of my house and vomited. Mm. Steffi claims that she didn't see or hear anything that night, but she believes what I did. She believes that I encountered the limping woman and tried to come up with some kind of realization for it, like power of suggestion or something, and when I think back to those footsteps and the sobs and that final scream, I know that there is one explanation, and now I too believe in the limping woman. Ooh, ooh, that kind of got crazy for a yeah. minute. Yeah, for a while I was like, okay, let's go, and then it kind of like, yeah, yeah, I kind of picked up there. Uh huh. Did your town have like a urban legend type thing? Nah. There was like a thing that went around saying there was meth labs out in the apartments <laughs> outside of town. Hey, it's Iowa. Um, <laughs> But nothing creepy. Ah. Oh, wait. <gasps> yes. Okay. So there's a cemetery in my hometown. And if you follow the train tracks, there. okay, so there's a cemetery and the train tracks are behind it. Mm-hmm. You go out and follow the train tracks and then there's a clearing. And I guess in this clearing, supposedly like a little boy like hung himself or something oh. happened. Did you ever go there? Yes. Okay. We had something kind of similar. It was... It was a lake um, just a little bit north, right over the border into another state, where there was supposedly witches' graves mm-hmm. there. And I forget what the story was, if they were, like, killed or what the deal was. But I always was like, oh, big deal. But I did go there, and there are actually, like, out in the middle of nowhere, not by anything else, not, like, by, like, a cemetery. There are, like, gravestones out there with names, and they were yeah. pretty old. So yeah. 
I don't know. We went out at twilight. We did not go at dark. We went at twilight. Yeah. So I think we went out to like that little clearing during the day. So uh-huh. nothing creepy happened. Right. Oh, but in a neighboring town, there was this place out like on um like naturey area, I guess, and they called it Little Africa. Mm-hmm. And they say like you drive through there, like someone got hung or something like that. Oh. And if you look behind you, you'll see them. So yeah, along the lines of those urban legends, um, I have a very short story that kind of has that vibe. So um, this story is actually written by yours truly. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to be spooked Um, by you. Yeah, my husband and I, he, like I said, he, he writes, he went to school for writing and stuff and um, he wanted me to enter this contest with him a few months back. And we got, like, different categories. Like, there was different groups, and each group got a different category. My category was horror, mm-hmm. which I was like, I don't know how to write a horror story. But you anyway, this is what I entered, and I did move on to the next round. So that's kind of like good. That's kind of good. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> it began simply enough with a wallet left at a bus stop. Intending to find its owner, I parted the fleshy leather folds. Inside rested a credit card. I'd forgotten my own bus fare that day, so with not much other choice, I swiped the stranger's card. I'll pay them back in cash, I whispered. What was two dollars? The bus departed. Suddenly, unexpected dread spurred a cold sweat, a tightening in my chest. You failed. Turning, I met dark, hallowed eyes. It was just two dollars. Now, my skin... Stitched into flaps and crevices, lines a wallet, a tempting gold card inside, waiting for the next passerby. Ooh, look at you! It's kind of like an urban legend, like you know, don't don't use people's money, or you'll become. A yeah, I feel kind of bad for this person because like they forgot their own money, but you know they were gonna pay them back, but it doesn't matter don't matter i gotta look at myself in the mirror and i feel a little bit like my chemical romance <laughs> now that you say that <laughs> what's the my chemical romance song like besides black parade i can't even think of one dude okay oh yeah um so back in the day, there used to, we used to use these things called CDs. Mm-hmm. Ancient history. <laughs> yeah, and there used to be these clubs you could join, and it would always be like, get 12 CDs for the price of one. And then, like, so you'd send in, like, what 12 CDs you want for the price of one. You had to pick from their list of CDs, right? And then um, they would, like, be a monthly thing after that. So you had to cancel Right after you got your 12 CDs for the price of one, or they'd start sending you monthly ones. And I got a My Chemical Romance CD nice. that I forgot to cancel. <laughs> wow. So now I have one, but it's okay. It's all right. It They're could have good. been worse. I also got, like, Celtic Woman. All right. <laughs> so. Is that where you learned your throat singing? Is that Celtic? What was that? That was Tibetan throat okay, singing. So sorry. <laughs> I got the two confused. But yeah, so we are going to be heading very soon to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. We've got our prop bags ordered. We've mm-hmm. got like unlimited snacks or something. Yeah. So we thought it would be fun to do just like a little fast facts mm-hmm. about Rocky. So take us away, Rich. Okay. Fact number one. Okay, so this all actually came from uh, Rocky Horror's, like, happy birthday, 38th year, whatever. Okay. So, Rocky Horror Picture Show was filmed in the Oakley Court in Windsor, England, which has been since turned into a hotel that you can actually stay at. Which <gasps> we would should be really go. freaking cool. I mean, if we ever go to England, yeah. that would be awesome. Support the pod. Get us to England. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. The Oakley Court may look like fancy digs now, but when it was used for the filming of the location, it had no heat or bathroom. Hmm. Um, Susan Sarandon, who plays Damn It Janet. <laughs> Slut. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> okay, she was actually sick with the flu 
Um, some sources even say it was pneumonia mm. um, during the filming. So when you see the floor show scene at the end of the movie, it says that she was like shaking with a fever. Oh, geez. Yeah. So that kind of like puts a damper on that mm. a little bit. But she's fine. Obviously, she's yeah. still alive. So whatever. The film was shot in October through December in England. The castle where they shot was leaking, <gasps> says Brad. Mm. Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> He said it was always wet there. Oh, God, Brad. England, though. I mean, it rains like 360 days out of the year. Okay, so according to Brad, again, mm -hmm. there was one designated warm room in the castle with space heaters that the cast would crowd around between takes until it caught on fire. <laughs> okay. Um, the Oakley Court, where it was filmed at, was used in other horror movies, including The Brides of Dracula... And now the screams start, The Old Dark House, and Murder by Death. Mm. I have not heard of any of those movies. Hmm. I, there's a band called Murder by Death. Maybe they... They're like a metal band of Maybe some they hang kind. out there yeah. sometimes. Who knows? So O'Brien, who created it, the original script for the stage musical of Rocky Horror Picture Show was only 40 minutes long, and the hit song, The Time Warp, was written to fill up space, according to a co-composer. Oh. Um, the film featured several performers who appeared in the Rocky Horror Show on stage, including Riff Rap, Columbia, Frankenfurter, Magenta, Eddie, and Dr. Scott. All the people that are in the movie were on, like, the show like, oh, okay. that was on stage. The Rocky Horror Picture Show was filmed over six weeks and had a budget of $1.4 The famous floating red lips that sing in the film's opening song, Science Fiction Double Feature, was inspired by Man Ray's 1936 painting of the lovers. Mm. I'm not familiar with that painting. Mm -mm. Okay, Patricia Quinn sang Science Fiction Double Feature in the original London production of Rocky Horror, and she threatened to drop out of the movie when she found out O'Brien was singing it instead. <laughs> um, Patricia Quinn is who plays Magenta. Yes. Okay. Although Quinn didn't sing Science Fiction Double Feature, her lips were used in the iconic opening number, so she mm. just lip sang to it. Okay, the clock featured in Time Warp. Had a real skeleton inside of it. Spooky. Mm -hmm. It sold for 35,000 pounds, which is $54,000. Yeah. Okay. So Rocky, the guy who played Rocky, mm -hmm. was actually an underwear model with no acting experience. <laughs> it shows. It shows. <laughs> All of his speaking lines were cut and his singing voice was, <laughs> his singing voice was dubbed over by oh, a different Oh, really? <laughs> not obvious at all <laughs> mm. okay so again the writer o'brien he borrowed the famous line don't dream it be it from the back of the magazine mm. set builders forgot to put a door in the laboratory set so dr scott had to crash through the wall to make his entrance <laughs> which is great yeah it's a good part of it okay steve martin auditioned to play Brad, asshole, <laughs> mm -hmm. but was passed over to Barry Bostwick, okay. who had received a Tony nomination for creating the role of Danny Zuko in Greece. Oh, weird. So that asshole created Danny Zuko. Strange. Um, Mick Jagger was supposed to play Frankenfurter in the film, but they turned him down for Tim Curry. Yeah. Rightfully so. Right. Tim Curry modeled Frankenfurter's voice after Queen Elizabeth II with his own mother. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> the writer again, O'Brien, his wife, Kim, makes a cameo in the wedding scene. Mm. And she's also a Transylvanian. O'Brien reveals that Patricia Quinn, who plays Magenta, had spoke something exotic before filming the song Damn It, Janet. <laughs> Initially, the film's first 20 minutes was supposed to be black and white, like Wizard of Oz, mm -hmm. and then turns to color when Frankenfurter enters, oh. which would have been really actually kind of yeah. good, but 20th Century Fox did not like that idea. Hmm. 
In the dinner scene, uh, Brad, asshole, pounds his fist on the table, accidentally hitting Janet's oh. hand, and her reaction is in the film. And it's priceless. <laughs> okay, we're going to so have to watch we're for gonna that. We're going to that. But don't feel sorry for Janet because when this floor scene comes around, she steps on Brad's foot with her heel and visibly hurts him. So you can see that in the film. <laughs> okay. Too. Only Tim Curry and O'Brien knew that Eddie's remains were under the table during the dinner scene. <laughs> so when the body was revealed, all of the horror, like, on yeah. the other people's faces was real. <laughs> Tim Curry ended up doing his own makeup for the movie. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Janet and uh, Brad the Asshole yes. were actually an item during the Ooh filming. La la. Which doesn't surprise me because right. they're, like, half naked during right. the whole thing. <laughs> Meatloaf couldn't ride a motorcycle, so when you see him close up, he's in a wheelchair, actually. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and they used a body double for him for the rest of the scenes. Okay. I thought this was actually kind of cute. When Rocky Horror first opened, Meatloaf and then the director, Jim Sherman, bought tickets for the screening in the Midwest, and they were the only people in the theater. Oh. And now look at the Midwest. We're right. in the Midwest. Yeah, we're and here. And so many people love it. The movie's midnight showings began in New York City on April 1st in 76. As time went on, the audience members began shouting things at the screen and throwing props like toast and rice. Right. As we love to do. Mm-hmm. A Staten Island kindergartner is actually the first per- person to start doing the callbacks to the screen because she <laughs> thought it was funny. <laughs> Um, Tim Curry tried to go to a midnight showing and he got kicked out because he was posing as an imposter. At least that's what they thought. Oh. So they kicked him out of the, his own movie. <gasps> oh, I love this fact. Princess Diana loved Rocky Horror. Oh, She loved it. And she said it completed her education. One more reason to be a Princess Di fan. Yes, we stand her. I hate that I just said that. I'm feeling such a Gen Z when I said that. We love her now. Chuggy. So. <laughs> so okay, so when Rocky Horror Picture Photo. I can't even say it. When it first came out on VHS, it cost $89 to buy it. What? I don't know. I wonder if it's because it was like rare or something or like it was like racy like a little sexual mm-hmm. i don't know um a, a, <laughs> we know a lot of shows like have like paid tribute or have done a thing yeah, based yeah. on it so here's just a few shows fame glee the drew carey show that 70 show third rock from the sun csi ny charles in charge halloween 2 loser men in black I did not know Men in Black. Have to. I don't. Yeah. I wonder what that is. Uh, and Perks of Being a Wallflower. I love that movie. Never seen it. Mm. My mom gave me that book when I was in like middle school. And mm-hmm. so I loved the book when I was like younger. Who's then, the actor in it? Um, Logan Learman. Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> love him too. <laughs> Henry Cavill and Logan Learman. They're just my men. They're my men. Okay. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show is the record holder for the longest theatrical release in history because it's still being played in theaters throughout the U.S. Gorge. Obviously. Tim Curry's advice to future Frankenfurters. <laughs> I love this. Never think about it as drag because it's not. No. It's just what people wear in Transylvania, so just get over it. And I love I that. I love that. That's iconic. That's what people wear in yes, Transylvania. Yes, it's just what they wear. It's not drag. Obviously. God, get over Ugh, yourself. Get over it. That's great advice yes. literally for pretty much any situation. Literally. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to think of that next time I'm embarrassed or stressed or like whatever. That's get what over they it. Wear. Yeah. Get over it. That's what they wear That's in Transylvania. What, exactly. So, <laughs> so with we're that gonna... life advice from Tim Curry. Don't dream it, be it. Yeah, don't dream it. I don't know the tune. <laughs> I really do like that scene. I remember when I first saw the movie and I saw that part. Well, at that point, you're just like, what the fuck is Dude. happening? <laughs> yeah. I still have the little ticket stub, though, from when we first went too. to it because I loved it. Like, I thought yeah. it was so cute. Me and it too. says, don't dream it, be it on the back of it. So cute. Dude, I'd love to get a tattoo of that. You don't have any tattoos. I don't yet. have any tattoos. No. Would you ever? I don't know. I thought about it. If if something came along that was like 
meaningful enough. It's just I'm a very non-committal person. Like I change my mind from day to day. No, that's very very type B personality. How do you think I got this anchor on my wrist? You think I did that because I sat there and thought about it? No, no. What do you have on your neck? It says "Live, Laugh, Love." No, I'm kidding. Close. (laughs) Live to love. Okay. (laughs) Think I sat there and thought about that? No, no. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, but yeah, it's the committal. It's the committal commit. Yeah. I've drank this whole bottle of blueberry at this point. <laughs> Committal? What is it called? Committal? Commit? Commitment. It's the commitment. <laughs> the commitment that scares me of the tattoo. Dude, you're never going to, like, you, I mean. Put it somewhere you can't see. Yeah. Put it on your butt. I don't know. Dude, I forgot what it said on my neck until you said live, laugh, love. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just live to love. Good. We should probably go to the theater. Let's go. Yeah, All right. Well, we're going to go to the theater. You guys should fire up the old telly and watch some Rocky Rocky, and we will see you I don't know next week I suppose flippity flop flip flop